you can't start that song without the chorus. We got to play it for you right now. Oh, 318. Are you guys ready? We're going to talk about more about the speculation and rumors of what's going to happen in 2019. Get ready. All the way in Bangkok. We're still the number one pinball podcast. Let's go, everyone. All right, so here's what we're going to do on this episode. We're going to talk more about rumors and speculations of what's going to happen in 2019 because here's what happens when you reveal some of the things that are rumored to happen you get an influx of emails and commentary from the inner circle of the pinball Columinati. and i love doing it because people can't resist sharing with you what they know so we're going to talk a lot about that on this episode of canada's pinball podcast here we go all right, so I might have hit my head really bad and I got something wrong on my last podcast. And I want to tell you the one big mistake I think I made with my predictions of what Stern will do in 2019. All right, so here's the deal the Steve Ritchie thing is that thing is ironclad, solid information. You're going to see it at Midwest Gaming Classic. That's going to happen in mid April. All right, they're still very nervous about it. Tim Sexton is doing the coding on the game. So we'll have to see what comes of that title. Now, Jurassic World or Jurassic Park, whichever one it is, I think it's Jurassic World. I'm also hearing that is very good information, and that is most likely going to come out in 2019. Now, here's the one that had a lot of people reaching out to me and saying, you're wrong, and it's the title that most of you want, and that is Jaws. Now, I am hearing now that Jaws will not be Brian Eddy's title. I don't know about this. Let me tell you a little bit of a Jaws story and all the different things I've been hearing. So, way back when Stern made Ghostbusters, way back when Jody was inking the deal for Ghostbusters, Jody was in conversations with the licensing people at Jaws, and I know he was telling people that if Ghostbusters did well, they would make the Jaws game, okay? Now, I know that for a fact. That was what their plan was, to look at Ghostbusters and see how a classic movie like that would do. It kind of a no-brainer. I mean, everyone knows that we've been clamoring for titles like these for all these years. Uh, so Ghostbusters did phenomenally well. And so Jaws then became probably next in line in terms of like if you, you were going to remake a classic movie that they would heavily consider Jaws. Now, I know from a person that works with all the Jaws people and he said that Stern does have the license for Jaws, that they, they gobbled it up. Now, Stern is a little bit of a license hoarder that they have a lot of IPs that they've signed on whether or not the games are coming out anytime soon is up for grabs because again I think they they smartly will secure licenses that other pinball manufacturers can't go grab. Now, now here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that Jaws license is at Stern, but the problem is is that the assets available for the movie pretty much would only get people the name Jaws and the shark and that the other assets from the film would not be available. So whether that's movie clips, whether that's call-outs from the actors, whether it's using the actors' voices from the film to be part of the game, I'm hearing that the, the assets for the movie are extremely limited, and because of that, nobody over at Stern really wants to make the game because they know people will complain about that, and they also know that they can't create a Jaws pinball machine 
with the kind of theme integration that people have come to expect and want in pinball, okay? So that's what I'm hearing is why Jaws won't be the title. So then the big question becomes, well, what is Brian Eddy working on? And I'm here to tell you right now, today, on Canada's Pinball Podcast, that nobody knows for sure. Well, I mean, only Brian Eddy and the internals over at Stern know for sure. Stern does a really good job of keeping things private until they actually hit the line. Uh, If we were to speculate based upon the other things we've been hearing, there are a few titles that have been coming up now and then. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Stranger Things. Is he working on one of those two titles? What if Brian Eddy's working on Jurassic World? <laughs> you know, what if that's the game and then there's something else coming out? So I'm not sure what he's working on, but I, I know that people are really excited for it. But people have been good on this one. The leaks have stopped. The leaks have stopped on, on, on titles past, I think, Jurassic World. Okay. So is it Pulp Fiction? I don't know. All right. So here's some other news I got. So someone sent me an email. Uh, because there's, if you notice when we talked about Stern's 2019 plans, the one thing we didn't talk about, which they always do, are music pins, right? We know that there's usually a music pin that Stern releases every year, and we did not talk about that. Now, I think uh, this might fill in that gap. So I got an email from an anonymous email source with a bunch of information on three musical titles that have been in consideration over at Stern Pinball. And do you want to know what they are? Uh, It is Rush, it is Led Zeppelin, and it is Motley Crue, okay? And in terms of these three, uh, someone sent me some information that had a little bit of a, you know, sort of like a write-up on each. Uh, So the rumor of Rush Pinball has been around the longest, okay? Now, Dirty Donnie was supposedly doing the artwork on a Rush Pinball machine. Now, where this stands right now is up in the air. In terms of the development of this game, uh, it is very questionable if this game will see the light of day. Uh, We know that Dirty Donnie is no longer doing pinball machines with Stern. He has moved on and, and working with... Uh, that that other pinball circus sort of game that I, I always, the title always eludes me. I need to remember to just write it down on my hand or something. So Donnie's out at Stern now. That if Donnie provided art for a Rush pinball game, uh, they might not need him anymore. They, he might be done working on the art packages for the game. But I'm not sure. And I have to say, Rush doesn't really excite me. I, again, it's I just didn't grow up listening to any Rush. Now the other one is Led Zeppelin, and we're hearing that uh, the most likely of these three to get made is Led Zeppelin. So how do you think about that? Led Zeppelin pinball from Stern. Uh, We have heard that Stern has the license to this game, uh, and let's see. uh, So there's also rumor that Stern has been in a bidding war with another manufacturer over Led Zeppelin, uh, but we all know what Stern uh, does with bidding wars is they usually win them. So they, apparently Stern has acquired the the Led Zeppelin license, and that is also in the works. And the other one is Motley Crue. Uh, what we know here is that Stern has acquired the license for Motley Crue, and that is that is all we know. But okay, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, there's a high probability that we will see a Led Zeppelin pinball machine from Stern. God, we're really going back. 
we're really going back further and further into the decades. Led Zeppelin is also very old. What about like Nirvana? There's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I, I really think people are underestimating when I read on Pinside that when you look at currently in the music landscape, which bands are more popular, Guns N' Roses, I just want to break this down for people. Guns N' Roses was the number one tour in the world last year. They made $500 million on their Not In This Lifetime tour. If people think that Guns N' Roses is not popular, let me, let, me, let me tell you to do some things. Turn on any NFL football game and listen to how many times they play Welcome to the Jungle during that game or Paradise City. Guns N' Roses music has remained more culturally relevant over the decades than Led Zeppelin's music has. And by that, I mean you hear it more. You hear it more in, in, in modern sporting events. It's, more, it's, it's just more present. Uh, and they're also just still on tour, and they're all still alive, and Slash and Axel are still doing their thing. Uh, and, you know, look, I know they haven't had a relevant album in a really long time. That's kind of also why Guns N' Roses has remained pretty relevant it's it's because they have very few songs but the songs they do have are freaking incredible and they have nothing but hits really uh, november rain don't cry paradise city patience you could be mine uh estranged coma uh, you know and then all of appetite rocket queen sweet child of mine you know night train out to get me it's so easy, Mr. Brownstone. You know, the, they, the, their catalog, and it's so perfect for pinball that I think Guns N' Roses is going to be a humongous hit, and we know Slash is working on that with Jersey Jack, all right? So that's 2019 with Stern, all right? Anything else I've been hearing? Uh, all right, so here we go. I want to talk on this podcast about Jersey Jack. And I did my Stern 2019 uh, reveal show Now I want to talk about why I think 2019 is going to be the year of Jersey Jack Pinball. And I think we all missed it by a year. We all missed it by a year. We thought, remember we thought when they revealed Pirates of the Caribbean that that was going to be it, that it was a dark day for Stern. 2018 was a pretty abysmal year for Jersey Jack Pinball. It was a year of waiting It was a year of missed deadlines. It was a year of removing mechanisms from the game. It was a terrible year for them. And Jersey Jack Pinball has been around since around, what, 2011, 2012? I'm here to tell you on Canada's Pinball Podcast that I think after seven years of trying to figure out this pinball thing, after all this time, I think Jersey Jack Pinball is finally about to hit its stride And I think they finally have learned from all their mistakes. I think Jack has finally a strategy and a plan in place to get this company firing on all cylinders and knocking it out of the park. And I'm really excited for that because I, like many of you, if you really want, if you really want the magic of pinball, And by that, I mean it goes beyond art, it goes beyond code, it goes beyond frequency of releases. It's about the world under glass. And I'll keep saying it. If you want the company to bring the greatest world under glass pinball experiences to life, we all know that it's going to happen from Jersey Jack Pinball because they approach games 
to make the best game possible. And I know they don't look at it like we have to hit this bomb at this number and that's it. We know over at Stern that the target for these designers is a bomb price. I do not think that is the case at Jersey Jack Pinball. I think it is also the case why Jersey Jack Pinball has stumbled and fumbled for so many years uh, because they sometimes overreach. They sometimes are overambitious. And that also leads to games that can tend to have a lot of problems. And it also makes it a lot harder to manufacture those games when they're much more complex. So, you know, it's hard because what we want in a pinball experience might also make it twice as difficult to manufacture those kinds of games. And it also might create twice as many headaches for owners if games keep having problems because of all the complexities of them. But that aside, I think enough time has passed and I think they've learned a lesson. Now, the biggest indicator of this lesson is that they are going to stop production on Pirates of the Caribbean. It is done in March. And this is not a testament to whether the game is good or not. It's Jack has finally learned his lesson. He can't sit on one title for two years and that be it. And if he's looking down the road, if if he ordered more Pirates parts, if he stockpiled them or, or just continued to push Pirates out, he everything would be pushed back. Because they can't ramp up a new title as fast as Stern can. And they need to do a move like this to get the line ready. Because he doesn't have as many lines. He doesn't have as many people. He doesn't have as many parts. He doesn't have as big of a space. He needs to make it more efficient and streamlined to get to the next title. And prepare for the next title. So that move to me indicates Jack has learned that lesson. Okay? Now... The Pirates of the Caribbean debate will continue to rage on about people saying it's the greatest of all time. Uh, I'm glad people feel that way. I'm going to jump on one. I know more people are buying them up now because of the fact that they're going away and we may never see them again. And if you look at the numbers of Pirates of the Caribbean, I am being told that they only made 100 collector's editions, not 250. So 100 were made and that was it. Uh, They also in total... The total number of Pirates machines that are being made is between 1,000 and 1,200, which would make it the rarest Jersey Jack game to date. Uh, Rarity and value and what collectors want. Isn't it interesting, I was having a conversation, that ultimately it does feel like the games that failed to be successful will end up being the rarer games. I just saw someone spend $17,000 last week on an Alien LE. $17,000. That game was supposed to sell for $6,500. It's now over $11,000 on top of the asking price because it's rare. And that's why. And it's from a failed company. Same thing with Predator. If you put up the Predator for a sale, it would sell for around the same price. There's a reason why people are asking $20,000 for Big Lebowski's. Now, if you go back, if you go back in time, the, the, the narrative around really rare games and being very valuable oftentimes is the same story. It's because companies were failing 
and shutting down their pinball operations that led to games being only in prototype stage, maybe led to like a, a, a kingpin being shelved and a King Kong. And so really, maybe it's always been that way, that if you want to create something super valuable, just claim you're going to make a lot of them, then throw your arms up and say, we failed to do it, and then watch your titles sell for a fortune on the secondhand market. Imagine Andrew Highway, you know, while he's on his hydrofoil trying to figure out how to get that thing in the ocean in two weeks. Imagine what he feels when he opens up the thread and sees his his dream machine is selling for 17 grand. He's got to be kicking himself. But we all know it's only selling for that because of the failure, not because it's worth that much. Okay. Oh, and by the way, like he just won't go away. Is he still duping people into investing on that hydrofoil? Okay. But back to Jersey Jack. So here's the thing. I'm hearing some more news too. I am hearing that Jersey Jack will make Yellow Brick Road Edition Wizard of Oz's now. What I'm hearing uh, post my last show is that there will be more than 250 Yellow Brick Road editions. And the reason why is there are going to be new mechanisms in the game or adjusted mechanisms uh, to fix things that weren't really working very well on the original machines. Now, for Jack to do that, he has to order parts. Now, it doesn't make sense for him to order parts if he's only ordering 250. Uh, for that to be cost effective, he'd have to charge like $15,000 per machine. So we are going to see most likely 500 Yellow Brick Road Wizard of Oz editions. Okay, so not 250, more like 500. Okay, so that's news. And I think we're going to see all the details uh, in about three weeks at Texas Pinball Festival. All right, so that is what's going to happen. Now, from there, from there, the reason why I'm really excited for 2019 and Jersey Jack Pinball is he's got two home runs coming. And if you think Pat Lawler didn't didn't feel the sting and the pain of dialed in, I, I think we're gonna be in for a magical ride with Willy Wonka. I think what I'm hearing, what people are saying, it's gonna be phenomenal. And I also think that when Willy Wonka gets shown to people, uh, it's gonna be a moment in which I think Jersey Jack and everyone over there is going to finally hit, you know, they're going to hit it out of the park. And 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 we all we all have been rooting for Jack since day one. And, and how can you not? Like, how can you stand over a Wizard of Oz machine and not be like, wow, look at that? How can you? I, I've always said it. You, you put them next to Stern machines and it's just it's just it's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. But here's the problem. And this is what I, 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 I heard this Friday night, this past Friday, when I was at this amazing place of all Stern machines. Uh, I mean, there was one TNA there, but it was all Stern machines. And, and the gentleman who has these machines, Adam, friend of the show, he basically said, you know, Sterns are just a lot of fun. These machines are a lot of fun. And, you know, Jersey Jack machines, to a lot of people, they just feel like work. It feels like a grind. And I think for Jersey Jack to really make it, you know, uh, a huge success, I think they also need to understand why Stern Games are successful. Because it's not just about, you know, jam-packing a game with everything you can. There is an approachability and there is a level 
of enjoyment that Stern games give people right off the bat, right when you flip. There is, and I think with Jersey Jack games, it's a lot harder to get into their games. And I think we need to see them improve in that area if they want these games to be as successful as they should be based upon the themes that people want, right? And 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 I and you have to look no further than Pirates. It's it's pretty simple that it's not super intuitive how to play that game. And 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 that's what Stern does well is they make their games I think a lot more approachable. And there's a reason why. There's a reason why people are loving the Beatles so much. There is a level of approachability to that game that is making people say, "You know what? This just this is just good old fun the way pinball used to be." And all the games that everyone loves from the 90s, they were super simple to figure out because they had to be. They were in loud, noisy arcades, and you had to be able to walk up and, and sort of know what to do. And the games the games indicated to you how to play them. They spoke to you. There, there was a relationship between player and pinball machine uh, that I think is sometimes buried under a mountain of code. So if I had a wish for Jersey Jack, it would be for Keith to understand uh, how to make games a little bit more approachable when you when you get into them. Yeah, you know, Lyman Sheets is the master at this, and I hope that Keith can can understand why Lyman's games are so popular and and how Lyman is is able to do both to make a game easy to understand, but also give you the depth that you want to own a machine. Okay, so this is the year. This is the year for Jersey Jack, and Guns N' Roses is also going to be a juggernaut title for them, and they're going to have Slash supporting it. It's going to be fucking huge, and Guns N' Roses music and a Guns N' Roses pinball machine with modern sound and an and LCD that big, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for Jersey Jack to make their first music pin. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I do hope that they get the art down because I think if if you look at Jersey Jack right now, the only area I'm a little nervous about is wh- where where are their artists going to come from because I'm not impressed by their art packages for the most part. I, I think they need to find more stellar artists for their games. And, and their stuff tends to look like the old, it just looks like Photoshop drag and drop to me. It just does. Like, look at Pirates. It's just, it's drawn over photography. It's not art. And it it should have more art on it. Like, I would, I would rather see a huge drawn, illustrated Black Pearl machine or ship on the side of that cabinet versus just a big, ugly Photoshop dragged and drop like squid face dude you know I, I i just don't think the games are as beautiful as they should be i mean stern is winning in the art department right now okay so but 2019 it's hard to look out there and think that jersey jack is not going to have a milestone year now that being said here's what i keep having to remind myself where does deep root fit in to this year like wh- wh- when are they going to reveal themselves because if you look at the year and you look at how it's going to unfold, it is going to be a, a I think another huge year for Stern because they always have huge years and Stern Stern knows what they're doing. Jersey Jack is going to wake up and finally get it right. And then you have Deep Root, which apparently is working on all these magical titles, is going to reinvent the game with, with, with stuff that is going to blow our minds. They've set the bar so high in, in terms of our expectations. But then when and where and how are we going to see these titles? 
Uh, TPF, missing TPF for them, I, I think was a huge mistake because if you think about it, there was really going to be nothing new at TPF. They, they would have had the whole show to themselves. Wizard of Oz, a new version of it, but the game's not brand new. There might be some new mechs. Oktoberfest is not new. We've already seen it. Uh, nothing new from Spooky. Nothing new from Stern. It would have been their show, and, and now they're not going to be there. And so then where are they going to be? Are they going to go to Pimberg? Are They're not going to go to the Midwest Gaming Classic. And, and Texas is their state. Like, they're made in Texas. All the people are there. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're, like, near even TPF. So uh, when will we see it? And, and the bigger question is, is there going to be a market for their games if you have juggernaut IPs from Stern and Jersey Jack ready to go. And here's the other part is people want to have faith and trust in your company. And people have been burned by pinball startups so many times before. Will people trust that if they buy a game from a new company that the quality will be there, the support will be there, and the long-term viability of that company will be there because people do want to feel confident that down the road they'll be able to get parts for these machines if they're going to invest in them. And look, I think Jersey Jack and Stern also have two things that Deep Root does not have right now, and that's a fan base. And in any industry, having a fan base and having supporters and having loyalists is really important. And you know, you get that over time because you create something of value and people then support you. And I think that those two companies have a lot of support. And a lot of people are fans of both. Let's let's not act like this is the Red Sox and the Yankees. People do root for both companies to make great games. The majority of people do. The majority of people will walk into a distributor and they'll just buy the game that they're having the most fun playing. Uh, there isn't this like allegiance to one or the other. Obviously, Jersey Jack games are more expensive. Their uh, their ability to attract customers is smaller than Stern. Remember, you can get a Stern pinball machine for almost half of the price of a Jersey Jack game. And Stern smartly is selling their LEs, which I still consider to be like LEs today are like Stern Pros from, from 10, 15 years ago. It, it is amazing how little are in them uh, or is in them. But look, that's just we all know that's what's happening. Stern's been able to sell at a premium price because no one else has been able to get their shit together. So that being said, um, will Deep Root be able to create fandom? And it wasn't off. They weren't off to a good start because, you know, hiring J-Pop, as much as we keep hearing what a great guy he is, a lot of people in the in the enthusiast part of this hobby, a lot of them will not forgive and forget what John did to people. Uh, even if they're able to solve the issues of J-Pop's games, you're still going to have some people that are going to just, you know, on principle alone, not go in on anything he makes and not support a company that he's a part of. Now, look, I don't think that's going to be the majority of people by any means, but you're going to lose some people. Like, you're already starting out with, with with a loss of some potential buyers. But look, if Magic Girl's amazing, I, I think it'll sell well. But here's here's what I heard. Here's what I heard. And and I can get an email saying this is correct or not. When Robert was shopping around deep root to people and he met with like Spooky and he met with other manufacturers sort of like, to, you know, to, to gauge their interest in possibly manufacturing Magic Girl, 
the numbers they were expecting to sell or putting on paper were Bubba. Oh, he wanted his treats. I think Brenda is mad at me because I keep giving him treats to get him outside. But anyway, here's the number that I, I heard that Deep Root was shopping around in terms of what they expected Magic Girl sales to be. It was around two to three thousand units that they were telling manufacturers would sell if they if they made Magic Girl. And he, how do you predict? How and and again, this is a guessing game. How do you predict how many games will sell of an original IP? I, I think it's nearly impossible. You know, again, because they're a brand new company. They've never made a single pinball machine. How could they accurately know the, the, the hundreds, if not thousands of potential buyers? What, what, what are they going off of? The only companies that really know uh, the demand for games is, are companies that have been making games for a long time. And they have information and data and insights coming back to them from distributors on here's the demand. And Stern knows it really well. Stern knows exactly if we do this, this is what we'll sell. That is why Stern is extremely nervous around Steve Ritchie's game because it's uncharted waters for them. They don't know and they're really nervous because they know it's probably, how, how is Steve Ritchie's game going to look in a lineup when someone walks into a distributor to buy a new game and you've got Batman, Guardians, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, and Black Knight 3000? Which one is going to be like, oh, I need to have this? And they know that's going to be the case. Uh, as much as the diehards on Pinside who grew up with Steve Ritchie's games are like, yeah, make it. They're, they're, they don't, they're like 5% of the pinball buying community, and that's why Stern's nervous. Now, Magic Girl's the same way. Within a vacuum of Pinside and, and the enthusiast group, John Papaduke is a star, but 90% or more of people who, who are buying games today, they don't know who the fuck John Papaduke is. They don't care. They, they, you know, and, and you might say, well, that's a good thing because then they'll want one. I don't know, though. People will not have an emotional attachment to an original IP the same way they will to a theme based on something that they grew up loving. And it's just that simple, okay? All right. So that's what I, when I think about 2019, I'm like, well, where does Deep Root fit in? What do you think? I mean, uh, I would love to know when they're going to do it. And what I missed about the five days of Deep Root is they gave us a target. They gave us a moment in which we were supposed to get excited for the launch of something. You know, waiting for Deep Root feels like waiting for the Avatar movies. Like it's just, it's a moving target now. It could, it could happen anytime this year. It might not happen this year at all. But with what's coming out from Jersey Jack and Stern in 2019, I'm telling you, there's not enough money to go around. I know everybody wants, almost everybody I talk to wants a Willy Wonka. If, if Stern makes a Stranger Things game, if they make a Jurassic World game, there's going to be thousands and thousands of people that want these games. And then on top of that, you've got to sell your Deep Root games. On top of that, you've got to sell Oktoberfest. Let's talk about that for a minute. How does that game regain fan base? How does it gain some momentum in 2019? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I feel bad for these for these games that are on the outside looking in uh, in terms of the games people are hyped to play. And and that's where we're at. It's it's there was a window. There was a window in which Oktoberfest I think needed to come out. And that window is the month of October. It should have been out in September, October. How do you launch 
a game based on a festival that happens in October, how do you bring it out in spring, summer? Uh, On some just commonsensical level, somebody over there needs to be like, we fucked up. Like we, 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 we brought out our Christmas game in July. We, we brought out Oktoberfest in the spring. What? what? <laughs> like how does that even happen? You, you have all the ability to control when you release a game. And, you know, they revealed it in October, at the end of October. But October, November, December, January, February, March, six months later after the game was revealed, it's still not shipping. Six months? You know, let's talk about spooky and waiting. And the days of waiting forever to get your pinball machine, man, those days are over. Go into the spooky thread. People are pissed. People are really upset. People will not do this again with Chuck. I said this from the very beginning. Charlie locking people in with these non-refundable $1,000 deposits was the biggest mistake for customers to go in on. And yes, while it helps him out, look at what happened. It's been a year, a full year since they revealed the game. And now they're finally making, I think, six of them a week. And they're making 500 of them. And here's the part that sucks for everybody. If you're like number, let's say you're number 237 on the list to get your Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Okay, there's a very good chance you've never played it and yet your money is locked in. There's a very good chance you've played other pinball machines that you might just want instead, like a Monster Bash remake or a Monsters or whatever else has come out in a year. Or you might even want, by the time you get your machine, if you're number 237, by the time your machine is even ready to ship, you will probably see Willy Wonka. You'll probably see Jurassic World. You'll probably see other titles, maybe Deep Root titles. Uh, The options will be out there. Oktoberfest will be available, but you're locked in. You can't get your money back. Okay, that sucks. Why would you do that, right? Okay, the other part that sucks is this. This is the part that really sucks. If you want an Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle and you're guy number 237, you're locked in. You know what you're seeing? People are selling spot like 35 for less than $1,000. All right, like just think about that for a minute. You can go get the game for less than you paid for today, a year after you locked in your deposit, you can actually get, it's actually selling for cheaper before it's even made. Think about that. So why did anybody do it? Why did anyone, anybody like, oh, the fear of missing out, they're only making 500. I, I'm telling you, the spooky model of this was ridiculous from the very beginning. People didn't play the game. I think the, the, there's something in, you know, it, it, TNA saved this company. It, it saved it. It, it was, it, it was, they, they had nothing. Chuck had nothing to go on the line. Um, and that's okay. Like they did the right thing to keep the line going. But Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, I think, is going to go down as a painful experience for people. When you finally get the game, uh, you probably uh, will realize what a lot of people have been saying. But no one can say it in, 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 in volume yet because most people haven't played it. I mean, good luck. The games, the game is, it looks, it looks pretty. It looks pretty. The, the animations are the best part. Um, but I think you're going to realize it's not the best shooter, but you're stuck. You got to buy it and you, and people can't leave. 
They, they have to wait for their game. They, they're locked in. No other manufacturer has ever locked you in in a binding, non-refundable way like Spooky. And I think it's going to create ill will, not goodwill. And Chuck, Chuck's company is all about goodwill. And because, as I've said, the games are not on the same level as Stern Pros and not even close to the other manufacturer stuff that's out there. And so they need to ride the goodwill. Now, the the, the other game that was supposed to come out was uh, Evil Dead uh, was going to be the game that Ben Heck brought out. Now, you know why they didn't do it? It's simple. It's simple. To get the license for Evil Dead, Spooky needed to increase the price of each game by 200 to 250 bucks, and Chuck wouldn't do it. And so that's why you're not getting Evil Dead as a spooky game. And how hard would it have been for Chuck to just increase the price a little bit and, and bring Evil Dead to the masses, which is at least a theme that uh, I know a lot of people are excited about. Uh, I'm not into that whole you know horror genre, but I know people are. I know people are. So look, 2019, man, it is going to be a really exciting year for pinball. I, I, I think 2018 was kind of a dead dud year. I do. I, I, I look at 2018. And when I filled out the Twippies, I was like, these titles, you know, Iron Maiden obviously rises to the top. Pirates of the Caribbean finally came out at the end of the year. But for the most part, I think 2018 wasn't the best year in pinball by, by far. But 2019, my gosh. Oh, golly. Look at the titles coming out. Look at what it, the battleground is laid out. Willy Wonka, Guns N' Roses, uh, Magic Girl, Oktoberfest, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, Jurassic World, Steve Ritchie Original Game, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Final Run. All this is happening in 2019. Yellow Brick Road Edition, Guns N' Roses. All right, who knows? Maybe Toy Story at the end of the year. Who knows what's what's happening? Elvira 3, maybe. So many titles. And, and Deep Roots promising multiple titles. So we'll see what happens. And that's just like... You know, we've we've still got P3 around. We've still got all these other manufacturers that are promising games. Is Kingpin going to come out? What's next from Chicago Gaming Company? Are they going to have something by the end of the year? I love it. I love it. But, but, I do think, I do think this is the year of Jersey Jack Pinball. I think they've learned their lesson. And I really want to own, I want to own a Jersey Jack machine. I do. I've always wanted to own one. I don't know about how you guys feel, but I always want to own one. But there's always just something keeping me from pulling the trigger on one. You know, there's something magical about Batman. There's just something fun about Batman that I, I, I enjoy. I mean, to Stern's credit, I, I have a Batman. It, it's a game that it's not completely original. They, it's a re-themed of an older Batman game. But here's what I, I love about Batman. It, it's so easy to play. It's easy to get into. It's easy to understand. It it reminds me why I love the TV show. I think it's probably one of the best codes, if not the best code in any pinball machine ever. Uh, the theme integration is incredible. It looks like a work of art when I'm not playing it. It does look like a world under glass when you put all the mods on it. Uh, even though I wish those, I wish the ball interacted with more in the game for sure. Uh, but also, what I love about Batman. Is I've had it for like 18 months, and I haven't had to lift the playfield in, in in an entire year. I've never had to fix anything on it. It's worked flawlessly, and it's my only game. I play it all the time, and nothing has broken on the machine. And that is 
why Stern is Stern. It, it, you know, they make these games, and and I and again, they sell maybe ten thousand a year, and the issues people have with them are very few and far between. And you have to applaud them for that. I don't want to have to be fixing my machine. I am terrified. I, I got to be honest. I'm terrified when I open up the Pirates of the Caribbean thread and I read about all the issues. It, it's it. There's nothing fun about feeling that your game is going to probably have many of those issues. And I don't want to be ripping apart treasure chests. I don't want to be taking upper play fields off. I don't want to have to be soldering wires back on. I don't want to have to be fixing switches all the time. I don't want a pinball machine that I have to constantly fix. I don't want to have to swap in quieter gears on the spinning disc. I don't want to have to have a topper that's super loud and annoying where I then need to like fix it myself. That whole game, when I look at the thread, it feels like the consumers have to fix the issues from the factory. And I hope Jack fixes that shit with Willy Wonka. Now, we know that Pat Lawler is a stickler for making sure his games get ample testing. And he puts his games out for testing. Uh, he did it with Dialed In. But that still had issues too, you know. But not as many. Considering how much is in Dialed In, I think they're, the issues out of the box for Wizard of Oz. Sorry. The out-of-the-box issues, I think, were the worst on Pirates of the Caribbean than any other machine that Jack has made. They've all had issues. I mean, there are issues with the Trolls and Hobbit. And that's part of pinball. But... Again, where we're at with pinball now is, uh, you know, people don't want to have to do that shit ever. And Stern is making games that require very little lifting of the play field. Again, every once in a while, we know there are some issues here and there. But for the most part, Stern games, they, they, they hold together and they don't require people to do too much work. And that's, that's why Stern, uh, uh, you know, is very successful because I think people's experiences with them have been very good for the most part. They have been. So exciting time! What else going on? I think that's 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 it. You know, uh, Nate Shivers is back. It's great. He has a new episode up. Uh, Head to Head has a new episode up. You should check it out. I mean, I just want Ryan to come back to the show. Ryan, come on! He like joins his own show as a guest, and then he pieces out in the middle of the show. Who's so it's head to head, but whose head is heading to whose head? You know, just join, just come back, come back. Let's bury the hatchet again. I keep extending the olive branch. Uh, I, you know, let's do it. Let's do a show together. Let's do a special when lit head to head Canada's pinball podcast, Royal Rumble. We'll get the slam tilt guys in and let's all have some fun. Oh man, I don't want to have to, you know, how far the Twippies next year can't happen at the end of March. It's too. It's too far away. It, if it's, it's still a month from now. I mean, it just feels forever and a day. By the time we're recognizing 2018 titles, it just feels like we've already moved past it all. Uh, like even the Academy Awards just happened. I mean, even that pushes it for like movies from 2018. But man, oh man, oh man, I wish I could speed up time and we could just do it. I, I kind of told like Zach, I was like, man, just do like the freaking Twitch show again or YouTube show like in December. Like it was just such a fun year-end thing to do. I know this was ambitious. I know the show is going to be great. I'm not taking anything away from it. But man, it's just like I just like it just we're just waiting. I, I don't like to wait. Can you tell that? I like to just get episodes up for you guys every week, three times a week if I can. All right. We're going to get some more guests on the show soon. Uh, but other than that, everybody, 
It's going to be a great 2019. We'll talk to you soon. This has been episode, I think, like 318 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Let's go back to Bangkok. <laughs>